Thanks for tuning in to the Replatform podcast sponsored by Influence Clavio. Today, you are listening to myself, James Gedder, my co-host, Paul Rogers. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, looking forward to this. Exciting guest, exciting topic. So um, let, let's set up today and then we'll introduce you to our guest. So thanks for tuning back in to all our regular listeners. If it's your first time on the podcast, we hope you enjoy it. Thank you for giving us a chance. Um, do subscribe, you get uh, episode alerts every week and we'd love a like on YouTube, Spotify or Apple. So our topic today is focusing around marketing automation for e-commerce, how you can improve customer communications and personalization. And we are very lucky to have the CTO from Clavio I'll introduce in a minute. So one of the market leading platforms used by lots and lots of businesses uh, across the globe. What we're going to cover is their architecture, um, you know, the, the tailored email and SMS flows, uh, customers, innovative platform uses, and general thoughts on where the industry is headed in this space. So, Alan, with no further ado, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thanks very much for tuning in. So before we start asking you loads of questions, could you introduce yourselves to our, our audience? So um, what, who are you? What's your role? And also t- talk to me a bit about Clavio, where you sit in the market and what you do. Of course. Uh, yeah, my name is Alan Chavez. I run engineering uh, at Clavio. So Clavio is a marketing platform that allows customers to communicate with their customers in a very personalized uh, uh, and automated way. Lovely. Nice uh, brief intro. Um, So I guess uh, I might throw a bit of a curveball question in. So we'd usually uh, send over the questions to the guest ahead of the um, recording. Um, And there's one question I was just reading through again and I didn't see on there, but you've recently released Clavio One um, and there's been quite a lot of hype around that. Can you just give us a bit of an overview of what that is and kind of where um, you intend to take that? Yes, of course. Uh, so Clavion came from uh, customers that we have. They are bigger, and therefore they uh, have a different set of uh, requirements for us. So we saw the traction in the market. Uh, tons of bigger companies wanting to come and use Clavio. Uh, then we decided to actually launch a product that is uh, oriented towards that market. And what does that mean? Uh, it's essentially the same product with two really big differences. Uh, one is about uh, at the bottom of Clavio, what we have is a CDP, a customer data platform, where we ingest tons of data and we allow uh, customers to do personalization with that data. Uh, we are actually launching the CDP as part of the Clavio One as a separate offering. It's, it's bundled into the Clavio One uh, offering. Uh, that's number one. Uh, number two, which is a huge, really big difference, is customers of that size. Uh, they need uh, uh, support then in a way that is um, way more uh, hands-on than uh, other customers may. So what we launched, launched with Clavio One is uh, a 24-7 uh, support line for uh, those customers at that uh, level. That's essentially what we're super excited about what we're doing in that space. Uh, Clavio has always been uh, an offering that catered to super small entrepreneurs to small businesses in the middle, and also the mid-market plus, as we call them, which is the bigger customers. And we are glad to uh, continue to offer something that is really suitable to that market uh, on the, the high end. Lovely. And then I guess, um, so another question that uh, also wasn't uh, brief to you, so James and I are kind of um, 
editing uh, the questions a little bit in real time. Um, but can you tell, because obviously your role is kind of CTO and you run the engineering side. Can you tell us a little bit around kind of the architecture of Clavio? And obviously, you know, you've grown and scaled really quickly. Like, you know, what is the kind of technical infrastructure, like architecture behind um, yeah, so um, we think of Clavio as, um, as I described before, this customer data platform at the bottom. What does that mean? This is uh, technology is, is uh, able to ingest really high volumes of data. We ingest billions and billions of events. It's able to process them in a way that then prepares that data to be used by the second layer, which is the experience layer. So this is about flows automation. It's about campaigns, about two-way conversations for SMS. And all of that is powered by the CDP in a way that you know what your customer is and you know what your customer is doing. And then at the very top, uh, the way we describe it is the intelligence layer. So if that wasn't enough, we're always looking for opportunities to embed intelligence into the application. This shows up as subject line A-B testing. It shows up as the ability to do smart warming for uh, IP addresses. Uh, many functionality, many pieces of functionality that we uh, saw the need, the customers uh, uh, have that need, and we then built that into the product in a way the customers don't have to worry about it. Uh, that's at the highest level. If I break that down, it's we use a set of technologies, uh, Python, React on the front, and uh, a bunch of relational databases, a bunch of non-relational databases, uh, a lot of messaging. Our systems are view, really asynchronous, they talk to each other in an asynchronous way, uh, which is what allows us to continue to double or triple every year and scale uh, with no problem. I can keep going because that's an area that I'm very passionate about, but I'm going to stop here. Yeah, I think that's probably fine. Like our average, yeah, it's probably like the right amount of detail for our average listener. But yeah, I've always been impressed, impressed with kind of how Clavio scaled. And it reminds me a lot of Shopify on that side. And um, and obviously also the kind of back end and like how intuitive it's remained as you've kind of broadened functionality, et cetera. Um, so the next question before I let James start asking some. So what types of data does, Clav does the average Clavio um, implementation in just in terms of kind of yeah customer data you know front end kind of browsing data purchase history etc yeah so uh, we actually have a super super flexible schema in that customer database so you can essentially uh, get any data into Clavio but they're usually a big two big categories it's either about uh, something about a customer uh, like data about a customer or actions that that customer took. For instance, a purchase order or a visit to a website. So I'm being very generic, generic because that is what we do. It's very generic. So we have over 50 integrations with other softwares that allows us to pull all of that data in. And if that wasn't enough, we also have APIs that are super generic that allow you to put any data you want uh, in, into Clavio. Uh, and then what we do, as I described before, is we crunch that data and prepare it just so you can do segmentation, personalization, all the experience that we have on top of our data. So it's boundless, essentially. We can bring anything uh, into Clavio. We are that uh, flexible. Interesting. Um, we're going to talk a bit about innovative uses because people always want to know what, what some of the funky things people are using platforms for. But first, what I'd like to hone in is, is core automation flows that, that most people use and that you've got in the platform. Um, 
everyone always talks about basket abandonment, so I'm not even going to cover that because everybody knows about it. It's the number one thing people set up. Love to hear in terms of like the the core um, user journey flows that the tool was set up for and that most people use it for. What else is there out the box without having to plug in all these additional data points? Yeah, so we, we have a really rich library of flows. Some examples that we see customers using all the time is um, welcome series for new subscribers, uh, the usual birthday anniversary uh, uh, communication, uh, back in stock, which is something that we released last year, which is the ability to send communication when uh, customers are interested in a given product was out of stock, is back in stock. Um, yeah, those are the, the top ones that come to mind. And those are just the ones that come in our flow library. Of course, you can build anything that imaginable through our uh, uh, user experience that allows you to just build flows based on the data that we have. <clears throat> um, do you have any any core flows around like wish list, or is that stuff that people can build on top of the core flows that you've got in the library? Right. Like you know, an item in wish list goes on sale, you automatically notify people rather than them expected to, to discover that when they come to the site. That's right. We, we, we do it. So one, one thing that we saw that was uh, interesting that um, some customers do is uh, they they are interested in have a relationship with their customers, uh, and that relationship doesn't end when the customer purchased something. So they know that that product that they sold it requires let's say some maintenance in the beginning, some setup, and then some maintenance. So what they're able to do is automate that communication in a flow, just so as that customer that purchased that item reaches some uh, uh, time frame, you send a personalized communication to that customer saying, hey, did you know that now you can do this? Or should you should be doing this at this point in time? And customers really appreciate that because they don't have to remember. It's something that's coming into their inbox that is telling them how they can best use the product they they. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think that's that's a nice example. I've, I've worked with quite a few B two B companies, especially in things like software, where you you have a subscription product, and there will be a natural churn point if the people aren't perceiving the value and warming them up and helping them to get better use of the product that they've invested in. So that's a really nice way to create those flows. Yeah, good example. Um, let's talk about in- innovative uses, and I don't know how much you are able to share publicly on this, and it can be anonymized. What what are some of these like surprising things you've seen on the business of seeing people do with these flows above and beyond the core e-commerce journeys like welcome series and basket abandonment? Well, so so this one that I just described was surprising because it, it's tying uh, uh, a, a very specific purchase that you a customer made with some time frame that that they need to take an action. And that, and that relies on data that is not commonly uh, uh, available. So, so you had to know exactly which product was purchased, when it was purchased. You actually had to build the maintenance schedule into our software in order to actually be able to communicate at the exact point of need to the customer. So I thought that was a super interesting case where uh, they were able to do that in a completely automated way. You set it once, and then uh, as the software continues to operate, it's just sending the communication to their customers. Uh, I thought that was a, a really big one that uh, we, we saw internally. Great. And um, 
I'm going to ask a question on Clavio's partner ecosystem. So I think this is probably the thing that I've always been most impressed with with Clavio. And I think it was new to the market that you're in where you kind of went out, uh, you know, and integrated with the majority of the kind of mainstream tech partners and then also kind of like built almost new revenue models for your kind of um, agency partners. So I guess it'd be good to know kind of, yeah, how big a part of your strategy this was and kind of if you have any plans to kind of further push that as well. Yeah, it, it's huge for us. We have actually over 6,000 partners uh, and they run the gamut, right? From uh, uh, system integrators, from partners that do implementation, et cetera, et cetera. And what those partners do, many of them do is if a customer has a need for something that is custom, those partners can actually build, if the customer doesn't want to build that customer integration, for example, we have partners that can do that for them. If a customer uh, wants to be completely hands-off on how they run their marketing, we actually have partners that can do that for customers. So it, it, it's really a, a huge part of our success is being able to have partners that are really advocating because they see the value, what they're bringing to their customers. And the value is literally, we can prove mathematically with the flows that you set up or the campaigns that you sent, how much money you're actually making. And that's such a winning proposition for customers. And our partners really rely in that uh, power to continue to power their own businesses. So we're seeing a lot of success uh, in that area. And we talk about Clavio One. That's a huge part of Clavio One as well, right? Yeah. Just those customers that are bigger, they usually have some custom need that are not uh, usual. Well, the way we're gonna solve that is many, many partners and a really whole robust set of APIs that we are just launching as well. We're completely revamping that area in Clay, which is allowing every action that you can take to the user experience to actually be done to an API that then either partners or customers can use. Makes sense. And then the next question is reporting. So um, I guess it'd be good to understand kind of what your current reporting looks like, how you've adapted to some of the changes around cookies and all of the iOS changes? Um, and then also maybe what you're planning on introducing. So I've heard that, you know, it's a big area of focus for Clavio. Um, so yeah, maybe just a little bit of kind of like reporting wise, what's on the roadmap as well. That's right. So so th this is us also, when we talk, when I talk about intelligence, it's really about building that compliance intelligence in the software as well, just so we respect the end customer right to privacy and or consent. Uh, the Apple uh, changes, that's something we had to adapt to. Uh, you talk about GDPR. Uh, you have, when you go to the mobile space, SMS uh, is even more important to get consent. So we built a platform that looks at all of those compliance issues and try to automate and make customers be compliant by default, just so they don't have to worry about it. Um, that's an area that was always uh, in our minds because it's super important for our customers. And in terms of um, integrations, um, having the CTO on, it's a perfect time to ask this question to help explain to e-commerce teams who see all this third-party tech and think, actually, I could really use that, but I'm worried about it might be complicated, uh, expensive to, to plug it into my e-commerce platform. What, what e-commerce platforms do you have existing core connectors for that are already proven? Um, and can you give people an example, you know, or some overview of what a typical integration looks like for an e-commerce retailer? That's right. So uh, we have all the major platforms, um, Shopify, e-commerce, WooCommerce, uh, 
all the major ones are integrated and it's uh, literally uh, the easiest thing ever, which is uh, you just link the two platforms. And then what we built behind the scenes is the ability to either consume data that the platform is sending us. Some platforms you can just subscribe. Hey, Shopify is an example. Hey, Shopify, uh, we have this customer that is shared um, among us. Uh, and then Shopify will send all the actions. Some other platforms, uh, we have to reach out to them in order to uh, get that data. But regardless, you're getting the same data, which is actions taken by the customer's customer. And, and like I said, it, it really runs the gamut. It, it's Magento, uh, it's PrestaShop in Europe. I'm going to forget a, a bunch of them. Uh, and there's some really, there's some uh, uh, integrations that we're working on uh, that I don't think I can say the names, but they're coming as well. And our goal is really, even if it's a long tail, we have a really easy way for customers to integrate and this comes uh, built into the software. And then if you happen to have an integration that is completely custom, we'll make it super easy for you to build an integration with us. This is through the APIs. Or if you don't have the resources to do that, we have a partner that can do that for you. But this is really the, the, the really long tail uh, custom integrations that uh, you may have a need to, to do. What is Ampliance? In a word, it's freedom. The freedom to build a digital experience as limitless as your vision. Create, preview, schedule, and manage all your content in one easy place. Find out more at Ampliance.com. Ampliance, experience freedom. And you talked earlier about um, like your library of, um, of flows that businesses can just turn on without having to create any custom rules. Does that do you um, natively without any customization support all of the transactional emails if people want to send all those through the tool rather than through their existing like email provider, like it, order confirmation, um, you know, order follow up, status changes, or is that something that would be a custom piece on top of the standard implementation? So, so uh, as part of the onboarding, what we're going to set up or the customers can set up is the email templates they're going to be using. So we have a library of that that customers can use, or they can bring their own and design that. If I understood your question correctly, so it's a it's uh, it's both pre-built okay. and the ability to build customer if a customer has that need. Yeah. So through your platform integrations, you already support triggers for things like new order, send out the order confirmation email. That's a, a core flow. Sorry. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. all the major platforms that I mentioned, they have a set of functionality which just covers the 95% of needs of customers uh, and includes things like you just described. That's correct. Uh, one challenge that I see a lot with uh, more on content-led and premium retailers is they put a lot of time and effort into creating rich content for the site. It could be editorial, video, blogs, you name it. Um, and they get a lot of engagement, but they're not very good at then trying to translate that into campaigns to target content consumers and try and push them into commerce, but they want to do it. So I'd love to hear about where does Clavio sit in that space? Do you have any good examples of people who are doing this where they are targeting people who are consuming content but haven't yet bought to try and push them through email um, into like um, purchase journeys? Right. So, so if I understood your question correctly, so this is about people that are getting into the the business of uh, communicating to customers through e email, for example, or SMS, how you build that content so customers. So no, this is, so customers who come to a website and yeah. they might be watching videos, reading blogs, 
but they're not buying products. And then a retailer wanting to target specifically those customers by tracking them and those events and then doing commerce email campaigns through a tool like Clavio to say, right, we know that these thousand people have read four articles in the last two weeks but haven't visited a product page. Let's target those with an email campaign. I know you, I think this would be an interesting one to help people understand how they can track those content events on the website and turn those into a, a custom campaign in Clavio. Got it. So, so we have uh, both forms that you can uh, add to websites, so customers can uh, you can request data from customers, or uh, a library, a JavaScript library that you can put on a website that can then send that data to us, which is as customers browse a blog or browse a product catalog, that data gets sent to Clavio, that same customer database that I described. And then you can use that data uh, to drive communication to that customer. It doesn't necessarily need to be an e-commerce use flow. This is completely generic. Any interaction that one of your customers is having in some website, you can track, send that to us, uh, and uh, we will then allow you to build automated flows and campaigns and communication to uh, those customers based on their actions. Makes sense. Um, and then I guess James has already touched on this a little bit, um, but in terms of kind of brands that have done exceptional things from a content and also technical perspective with Clavio, like who's really kind of like pushed the boundaries? Like who um, who are doing the most, you know, broadest things with Clavio? It, it's hard to to uh, give a name without actually having the, the permission to say which, which names. But I, I would say this, um, we, we have um, customers that range from really small customers that are doing uh, a lot of business with us, where 80% of their business is actually through Clavio. And that trend goes through small businesses and then really big businesses that are increasingly seeing uh, most of their revenue, a lot of their revenue coming from the interactions that go through Clavio. So uh, we have, uh, this to me is one of the reasons why Clavio is so successful is the ability to show customers. It is the ability to allow customers to use their data to communicate with their customers in a personalized way. But more importantly is allowing the customers to see the impact of the actions that they take. As you send campaigns or flows, there's a really rich set of analytics that allow you to see the impact of the things that you are doing. And customers of every size, uh, they, they are using that functionality. And then on top of that, what we also do is we build benchmarks into the product. So as a customer, you will see what you're doing in, in business, and you also see how you compare with companies of your size and industry. And then on top of that, going back to the intelligence theme, we're then telling the customers, hey, uh, this is how you compare, and this is what you can do to increase the number if you are below that industry norm. So I know I'm giving a generic <laughs> question, uh, answer, but it really, for every size of customer, they are pushing the envelope that way because we're giving them the data to really gauge how their business is doing in a way that is both absolute about their business uh, standalone, but also in comparison to the same industry that they are. And customers love that uh, ability to understand, how am I doing? Is this usual? Am I, and then we can help them 
uh, with uh, increasing uh, that attach, increasing that communication with the customers. That makes sense. Yeah, and I do think the, uh, the benchmarking piece is definitely a, a valuable feature of Clave that a lot of the other products don't have. Um, so let, what about SMS? So uh, in the US, SMS is obviously a really big channel. Every client of ours has started doing it over the last six to 12 months in the UK. Um, every client of ours, or like at least, at the very least, started getting opt-ins through the checkout. Um, how big is this going to become in the UK, like compared to some of the other countries, like the North American ones that are using this as a major channel? Like, do you think it will grow to the same level here in some of the European markets? And how big is it for Clay? Yeah, uh, it, we believe it's big. And the reason why we believe it's big is we're seeing the same uh, trend across. It, it doesn't really matter geography, which is uh, customers are finding different use cases for the different channels, which then makes it so important to have all your channel communication in one tool, because then you can uh, communicate your campaigns through email, but then respond to uh, a customer request through SMS and or uh, when you communicate uh, something that happened, do that to SMS. So customers are really targeting. It's not a exactly the same communication. And there are flows that then you can do. You either do email when it's appropriate or do SMS. And, and what we are doing, we plan to introduce more channels uh, in that mix. So the product is the same. The data is the same. We allow you to do personalization, segmentation. And our ultimate goal is to allow you to communicate with any channel that you would like. So you see us in the future offering even more channels. Some of the, the channels that we are looking into, and uh, need to be careful what I say, but uh, they're super important in the European market, uh, not as important in the US. Let's say WhatsApp, for example, for some of the countries. Um, so uh, you see that uh, as we see the trend that regardless of the country, uh, customers are finding ways for the channels to be used in a very specific way, depending on the channel. And that enriching the ability to reach customers and communicate to customers at exactly the channel that makes sense at that point in time. I've got a side question that, um, for everything we've been discussing, which is about frequency capping, because this is one of the big challenges with avoiding spamming people, not abusing the opt-in that you've got and not killing your database by just hammering it constantly. What Do you have anything in the tool in which enables people to set frequency caps um, and to vary that by different customer groups. And it'd be really useful for people listening to understand how that works. Right. So, so uh, what we have in the product is, is so a- as you set up campaigns and or flows, you may unintentionally be hitting the same profiles, the same customers uh, uh, multiple times. So what we built into the software is the ability to uh, detect those situations so this is a preset condition that you say, this is the frequency that I want each particular customer that I have to be communicated with. And then uh, the software will do that for you. That's what uh, comes to mind. It's super important because you don't have to do that manually. And our customers are more and more reaching their customers in very multiple ways. We just talked about SMS, email. So the software needs to do more. It's an area that we are still investing. The software needs to continue to do more and more in order for our customers to not overdo it with their customers. Uh, Yes. I guess guess that's a challenge as well because the customer, your customer has to define the business rules and the logic. It's not for you to do it. It's for you to to enable it through the tooling. Um, 
So do you, do you, is this an area that customers push on a lot or is it something more where they're not sure how to do it and you're trying to improve the tooling to help? Yeah, so, so uh, we usually follow this kind of the same process when we're building something like this, which kind of goes like this. You build that ability to uh, set, because you're right, it, this is per customer, you can't have one uh, global rule. So you build something that the software is expecting a rule per customer. Usually that starts with uh, uh, the success group. Soon enough, that's open up to customers. And then the third step of the process that we follow is, how is that we can go back and then build intelligence into that instead of just being, hey, customer, this is the setting. I believe what this that we're just talking about is, I believe in the customer's hands, but that's where we follow, which is um, success, customers, and then on top of that, automate when possible. Uh, in, many, in, in many cases, the automation actually means giving customers guidance. Like in this case, I could imagine uh, you're going to say, hey, what we have seen with customers of your size and our industry is that if you communicate more than this frequency, you see a l- less uh, adoption or click rates, for example. We have all of that data. We have hundreds of thousands of customers that we then can crunch and then build that into the software. So it doesn't necessarily mean I'm just going to do it all for you. You're never going to see it. It may mean I'm going to give you guidance based on all the data that we have, just so you're more informed when you are making a decision. How 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 frequent should I communicate with the individual customer? Um, Makes sense. Um, and last question for me, and then James will ask one final one. That. What are the things that your customers are demanding more of? Like I mentioned reporting earlier, like reporting included, like what's in your roadmap, short term, medium term? Yeah, what are you being asked for the most? Yeah, um, customers uh, want ease of use. I believe we're pretty easy to use, but there's work to be done. We continue to do that. Uh, We're introducing a design system that's going to completely revamp the way that we are doing user experience. So they demand that. Uh, customers are demanding, uh, as I mentioned before, the more sophisticated customers are demanding channels and in a way that is omni-channel. In other words, uh, they don't want to think about this as I need to set up my SMS campaign and now I need to go set up, set up my email campaign. No, they're saying I need a campaign and I'm not, I need to choose how I'm going to reach my audience, which channel I'm going to use. So more of that in, into the software. Um, something that we just released, which was uh, something that customers uh, wanted, which was the ability for flows to then call something uh, that the customer has, uh, a webhook on the customer side. Um, and then of course, uh, uh, customers uh, uh, continue to demand and we continue to push ourselves into uh, how is it you do what we do better and faster? Here's an example. We have a really uh, uh, powerful capability with segmentation. So you, we allow you to, as a customer to come and say, hey, I'd like to create a segment that is people that live in London uh, that bought more than, I don't know, $2,000 the last month with us and is of this particular uh, uh, age, for example, or age range. So what we do is we instantly instantly select the profiles that you have, your customers that you have that satisfy that criteria. Well, uh, it's pretty real time today, but it may take 30 seconds to completely populate that list. So something that we are working on is continue to reduce that 
in a way that is instantaneous. There's a lot of magic that goes behind the scenes from a technology standpoint to do that, but it's about, hey, how can we be even more responsive and even more intelligent in what we try to do? So customers can really go and quickly do what they need to do with guidance from us. That's a theme that we see every, every uh, iteration that we do with the product. Um, those are the big things uh, that I'm seeing. Yeah, that's it. The omni-channel one's really interesting. If I understood this correctly, then, so you're talking about instead of the traditional view of, I want to send an SMS campaign, set it up, off I go, there's my audience. I want to send a campaign. I want it to then decide whether the SMS version or the email version goes to a customer based on their communication preference. And I set both versions up at the same time and it just magically pings out the right version. That's correct. And you could even say, right, so for, I'm sending it to this customers, but based on some characteristics, I'm going to send an email or SMS. Flows is even more important. As you build a flow, depending on which branch you're talking about, the yeah. communication should be through SMS versus email. So there's no such thing as, let me create a, an, a, a, an SMS flow. Now it's about a flow, and then yeah. you define within that flow how you're going to communicate. And it could be several forms of communication. Yeah. It's really up to the customer. Yeah, that's nice. I can definitely see the, the, the value of that. Interesting. Um, a related final question for me, which is not about what customers are demanding and where your roadmap's going, but it's it's you as a, as a CTO of a company that's obviously looking at so much research and so many trends and customer demands and what shoppers are doing. Where do you see the industry heading in terms of marketing automation? Um, you know, what are the emerging trends you're seeing? Or is it more a case of e-commerce companies wanting to do more of the same and do it better? Uh, well, the first big theme is uh, it's one of ownership, uh, which is uh, if you do your business through companies that uh, uh, actually do the communication with the customers on your behalf, you don't really own the data and don't own the communication with the customers. So the th trend is customers or companies that own the communication with their customers, they can then own their destiny uh, and, and growth story. So that's the big theme. The way that they, they, they go about owning is I need to have the data in one place and I need to be able to really, in a really flexible way, uh, operate on that data to do personalization, segmentation, et cetera. But it's all about ownership, understanding, hey, I need a CDP, a customer data platform that has all the data and then I can build experiences on top. That's kind of where the, we see a lot of uh, 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 th that trend, which is, Customers that are in that situation, owning their data and their relationship with the customers have a lot more success than customers that don't. Um, I, I think another trend too is, and this is, it, it, it's multiple trends depending on what size of customers you have. The bigger you are as a customer, and we, because at the end of the day, what we are doing is facilitating growth. Customers are growing with our platform because we are giving them tools to actually reach to more customers do more business with the customers. As they grow, many of them become international. So it, it becomes uh, important that the tool allows you to actually do things in multiple countries. So that's another area uh, for us, and we have been investing in that area. Um, more than that is, 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 I think the trend to move to e-commerce, it continues. I don't think it completely kills retail, physical retail, but that, that trend of companies that continue to reach out to their customers through digital means is here to stay. Um, and we are 
really positioned to help them uh, get to that destination. Cool. That's uh, that's got all, all the questions answered. Thank you very much. Um, it's been interesting. Really interesting here uh, where you're focused and some of the additional functionality that that's coming down the line. Um, so yeah, thanks very much for joining us, Alan. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Um, a lot of the people we know have used Clavio or are aware of it. Others will be new to it. If people want to find out more and they want to get into more technical detail around it, um, what's the right path for them to reach out to Clavio? Well, uh, you can reach any of the channels in Clavio.com. Uh, for instance, uh, we, 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 we have uh, a group that you can join to learn more. You don't need to be a customer. Um, just just use one of the venues that are listed there and we will do our best to answer you. Cool, thanks. And thanks as always for people for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, if you've got any questions for me and Paul, feel free to shout out to us as well. Keep your ear open for the next episode. We drop one every Tuesday and we'd love a like on YouTube, Apple or Spotify. Take care, everybody. Yeah, thank you. For more information on this topic, head over to replatform.fm for our audio podcasts. To discuss a project, or if you'd like to chat about any of the topics covered in this episode in more detail, please reach out to myself, James Gerd, or my co-host, Paul Rogers, via LinkedIn and Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and keep your ears peeled for the next episode.